If you motherfuckers are getting hot right now, get the fuck out of the room. Because this is not going to be hot. <laughs> Guys, we're going to bring an all-star ensemble of detectives to come up on stage with us and do this show. So please, get your energy high for Raj Resh coming back to the stage. And then keep it going for Sam Talon coming back to the stage. Hey, guys. All right, guys, on top. Are you guys familiar with the podcast? Perfect. This is going to be great. It's our first live show, so we're going to have a good-ass time. Now, good-ass time. It's like trying ice cream and shit. (laughs) Thanks for bringing some comedy to the stage, buddy. Uh, This is this is Buddy's first live show. Everyone, round of applause for old Buddy. Yeah, man, it's so wild. Uh, Me and Sam have been out on the uh, road all weekend. We were in Springfield, Missouri, at a comedy club. Sold out a bunch of shows thanks to old Sammy here. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It was definitely all me, and and not two for one natural ice. (laughs) Yeah, it was all Sam T. Yeah, we've been having fun, saying lots of fun words. So yeah, basically what we're trying to do here tonight is get to the bottom of what happened to John Benet Ramsey. It's one of the biggest mysteries in America, you know, because when was the last time you heard of a child getting murdered and being in the national news all over the place and there being no justice? It's the only one left out there, right? Especially a white child. <laughs> With a big forehead. <laughs> Someone got so offended at that. (laughs) I mean, obviously she was beautiful. She was uh, doing the pageant circuit. That's a weird thing for kids to do, right? You take the daughter that you had. You guys are spending so much time raising her. And then you're going to take a six-year-old and force them to go up in front of hundreds of people and get judged based on their looks. That's despicable to start with. You know what I mean? Unless the kid's really hot. (laughs) (laughs) That's just good money. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, the, the big problem that happened here is that the family of Jean Benet Ramsey lived in Boulder, Colorado, which is a pretty affluent white area. The dad of Jean Benet Ramsey was totally plugged into the local government. He was doing business with all types of outside companies that brought in tons of money to Boulder, which uh, you would think that the death of the child would offer more scrutiny. But what we're about to find out tonight is if you're rich and you bring your town tons of cash, you can really get away with murder. Mm-hmm. The first overdose of weed. <laughs> they work for the Waltons, you know? Uh, work for the Kennedys. We'll start off uh, the day after Christmas, December 26th. 5.52 a.m., Patsy Ramby, Ramsey calls police to report a kidnapping. They find a note. Uh, the 911 call starts with Patsy Ramsey hysterically crying, We found a note. Our daughter's missing. The note says SBTC Victory. And it's super sketchy to me because she's talking to the 911 operator like a rehearsed soap opera. Have you guys heard this call? She says, like, if you called 911 because you woke up the day after Christmas and found your one and only daughter who you're spending all this time and effort on, You're going to be freaking out like, oh, my God, my daughter's gone. And she's freaking out, but it sounds rehearsed. She says things that uh, speech pathologists have pointed out 
Uh, I mean, experts that, that research speech pathology. You guys seen that show, Mindhunter? The guy that was a speech pathologist at that show that started first saying that there's a pattern among serial killers and analyzing their language and their writings and the things that they said in psychological interviews. He listened to the 911 call and he said it was a total spoof. They had gone over it over and over and she wasn't a trained actor, but she did everything she could to make it sound like a convincing phone call. So when you go over it like you're trying to make it sound like you're innocent, you don't have the normal shock and panic. She says words like, we have had a kidnapping. Doesn't that sound sketchy when your daughter's missing? She says things like, I'm the mother, the daughter is gone. I mean, if I called 911 and one of my kids are missing, I'd be like, holy shit, my kids are gone, my whole world is missing, and she just sounds like a rehearsed robot. And the 911 call is super damning evidence, so we're going to break that down a little bit more. Um, There's a special on CBS that I did a lot of the... uh, analysis for this case on it just came out and the family is suing cbs for tons of money because they're claiming it's defamation but again you had the guy from mindhunter and four other fbi cia people that get paid tons of money by the government to solve crimes like this all come to the same conclusion and we researched it and we came to the same conclusion too Um, and on the cbs show they take the phone call and when patsy ramsey's on the phone with 911 you guys are familiar with like 911 calls, rescue 911. They keep you on the phone until the police arrive, you know? That's a big thing they do. They don't want you to hang up. They'll usually be like, paramedics are on the way, police are on the way, stay on the line until they get to the door so we can confirm they're there. But Patsy Ramsey just says goodbye and hangs up on him. Well, when she thought she hung up, she didn't hung up, hang up, and you can hear some speech in the background. CBS hired a professional vocal analyst. They took the track slowed it down, screwed and chopped it, if you will, and figured out exactly what was said in the background. Now, the first problem with them hearing this noise sample is that the Ramseys told police initially that their son, Burke, was asleep in bed. Well, the first voice that you hear on the 911 call after Patsy said she hang up, hung up is Burke's. So he's clearly not asleep, he's awake. And the sample, they had the vocal professional slow it down and analyze it and you have patsy saying oh my god what did you do all right and then the dad yells at patsy and the son we're gonna take care of this and then you have ramsey who's supposed to be in bed say to his parents what did you find does that sound like a good reaction to someone who just found their sister murdered Okay, that, that's all right. Where are we going? <laughs> that's not a good reaction to hearing that that sentence. Is giggling. Uh, that's like uh, Chris Hansen fucking going, "Hey guys, you want some sugar cookies? We're gonna hey, are you, right. you're in the fucking kids. All right, man. Hey." <laughs> so the Ramses allegedly woke up at five fifty-two in the morning. They started walking down their stairs at day the bottom, after Christmas, right? Yeah, the day after Christmas, just like that Ben Fold song. <laughs> Day 5.52, day after Christmas, found my daughter face down in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> so at the bottom of the staircase that leads from where all the bedrooms are to the main area, they find a ransom note placed at the bottom of the stairs. Now, ransom notes are cool as fuck, all right? So we can all agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you've ever seen a movie where someone's missing, 
you got to let them know where to put the cash at. That's a ton of fun. That's where you know to uh, meet up with the terrorists that have kidnapped your family member. So that's an integral part of kidnapping. You got to let people know what happened. And here is the contents of this goofy note by the Ramses. Hey, wait a minute, guys. I, like, this is a good career choice. You're going to make a lot of money if you do ransom notes. Just saying. I know you guys are looking at me like, what the fuck, man? But dude... Or 1K, fuck that shit. Do ransom notes. Yeah, all, the, all these people are fucking tired of making $400,000 a year at Smuckers. <laughs> yeah. $1,000. They've had a real tough run. <laughs> Which one of you is going to have the nerve to send a ransom note to Walmart? <laughs> yeah. Probably one of the 500 people they laid off last week. Ooh. We've got the Doritos contract. Sorry, that's, that's the a... 3D Doritos contract. <laughs> I'm kidnapping Cool Ranch later this year. <laughs> so here's what the note says. Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. So Raj's family. It was ISIS. ISIS did it. It's not. Don't blame the Indians. None of the I's and ISIS stand for Indian. It wasn't us. We respect your business, but not the country it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed, and if you want to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. And that was a good year. Yeah, you know, 1997 fucking ripped. Mighty Mighty Boston's were at the a... top of the charts. Kurt Cobain had been dead for three years, thank God. <laughs> Dude, I wasn't even in America yet. Yeah, it was a good year, Raj. <laughs> yeah. When was the Gulf War? <laughs> The letter goes on to say, you will withdraw $118,000 for your account. $100,000 will be in $100 bills and the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure that you bring an adequate size attachment to the bank. Dick joke. Yeah. Yeah, yeah bring this guy's dick to the bank. All right. <laughs> Somebody goes, it's going to take me a while to write the Saw fucking script. So we're going to just do this and like torture people and shit, but really, hey, we're going to get to the bottom of some stuff. The adequate announcement was a uh, Jew nose. <laughs> well, that looks big enough. You're good. <laughs> Here's tons of cash. When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. That's considerate. We, That's a very considerate thing to throw in there. Yeah. yeah. Sleep up, buddy. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an early delivery of the money and hence an earlier pickup of your daughter. Hell Again, yeah. early. <laughs> it's a pissed off DHL worker. <laughs> Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for a proper barrier. <laughs> Two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you do not provoke them. <laughs> what? I like how that was their threat to a proper burial, and then Raj laughed because his I'm culture sorry, cares so get, much. <laughs> no, because in India we cremate our dead, so it's like, fuck you, you're not going to get one over there. Like, just... I just became a Donald Trump supporter. <laughs> Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police or FBI, will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert Duh. bank authorities, she dies. 
If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she gets a pepperoni pizza party. Yeah, <laughs> we give her five ice cream cones. <laughs> you can try to deceive us, but be warned: we are familiar with law enforcement, concert majors, and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around. Don't think you will be don't think that killing will be that difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It's up to you now, John. Victory, SBTC. Now, clearly, that sounds ridiculous. Does no, I, it sound familiar to anybody? It sounds like a wrestling announcement yeah. for the fucking Royal Well, Rumble. that's the way I read it for sure. That's also true. Tonight, I'm killing your daughter, John. You better not come out to the octagon. <laughs> <laughs> the note's absurd. All right, so... The part where they say, if you talk to a stray dog, she dies. Anything happens at the bank, she dies. That is 100% from the movie Dirty Harry. <laughs> or mom. <laughs> Which is hilarious, too, because where they went into the house, this dork dad of theirs has got four Dirty Harry movie posters. And then you know what other shitty movies the dad likes? Speed with Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock. I like that movie. And that's where the part of the letter comes from that says, Don't try to go a brain, John! Damn. The dad's a huge movie nerd. He's got the posters all over his house. And if you're going to write a ransom letter for your daughter being kidnapped, for fuck's sake, don't plagiarize it. I also like the part about good southern common sense. Like, uh, yeah, man. Like, hey, gay people are cool as long as they're not interracial. That's... <laughs> Well, if you're from the South, you got to make sure that in every activity you do, you don't forget to wave that Dixie flag around. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, it's cool, guys. <laughs> or if you're like, hey, I mean, I've never been to the South. Hey, wait, there's a flag there. That's where I should buy meth. You get ripped on meth, your boners are super fucking hard. And listen, I've only tried this shit one time, and... Where do I guess? And you... And you listen. If you're like... If you go to the nurse's station at the fucking school, and you're like... Man, I gotta fucking check my temperature and then you fucking get throat fucked. That's what meth is like. <laughs> and there's, hey guys, a, there's a PSA for meth. <laughs> it took me nine minutes to get through reading that ransom note. Just to read it. To write something like that, I think would take like an hour. Now, the professionals that work for the CIA and the FBI think that it took this guy just to write the one note... At least 30 minutes. The authorities found six practice notes thrown in the trash. Wait, so, who, wait in whose trash? In the, in, the, in the Ramsey's trash. In their what trash the? can. And the stationery that the note was written on. Now, if you're in a hurry, you're like, holy shit, we're trying to snatch this kid. We just killed her. What are your thoughts? I One, I got to get out of here. Or two, Dirty Harry is a kick-ass movie. Let's write this down. They found the stationery that they wrote all six of the practice notes and the real note back where it came from. So you're telling me that these people who couldn't get this little girl's body out of the house and decided that they had to kill her had time to put the stationery back where they found it from. 
It's already getting fishy. Everyone in the house is supposed to be asleep right now. So they've somehow, again, snagged this little girl up, God rest her sold, and then put in the stationary back. Or sold? Did you or say sold? 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 Yeah, God that's my, that's my new metal sold. band. <laughs> We've been drinking too much. S-O-U-L-D. <laughs> Actually, can I get more beer? Me. I think I shit my pants and didn't know it. And so, of course, when the police show up from the 911 call, they start investigating this thing like a kidnapping. All the cops come in. They examine the crime scene. They're taking pictures. They're taking statements from the mother and the father. Ramsey's still up in his bed, jacking off to pineapples or something. <laughs> and then... Uh, A.K.A. retards. <laughs> they try to start sorting out exactly what happened here, as police should do. And police totally boner the whole thing. And, uh, you know, I guess part of the reason is they thought it was a kidnapping and not a murder. So they just start running all around the house. They're moving stuff around. Uh, and then at that time, the father disappears for two hours. The father is also named John, by the way. I'm saying that because it could get that. confusing. Oh. So you got John Bonet and then John Ramsey. So... The cops are, they set up like a task force thing, just like in the movies when there's a kidnapping. You get everyone together, you start searching the area, you're set up in case someone calls the phone, you want to bug the call. You guys have seen Die Hard. And John Ramsey is alone in the house. He's gone for two hours. Police are trying desperately to find him. They're calling his car phone because there's no cell phones at the time. He shows back up at the house and then tells all the cops to get the hell out. Classic move. Of course, yeah. My daughter's kidnapped. You guys are trying to help. You know what? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Is that legal, though? Are you allowed? Once it's a crime scene, it's a crime scene, right? Well, it's a crime scene, but it's also your house. And also, let's remind you again that uh, John Ramsey, he's bringing in tons of money to Boulder, Colorado. He works with foreign governments. He uh, helped the mayor get into office. He's totally plugged into politics. And Boulder, Colorado is more afraid of John Ramsey than they are the sheriff at this point because he's the guy that gets everybody paid. They wouldn't be able to have new cop cars and get a $35,000 Christmas bonus if John Ramsey wasn't around. Also, fun fact, John Ramsey's older son or daughter, I can't remember, died in a mysterious car crash. It was also named John. Yes, yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like a 10-year-old driving a car. Yeah. Like a, a homeward bound type scenario. Oh no, Dad! The dogs escaped. Let me borrow your Land Rover real quick. <laughs> before Way before John, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So his first kid passed away. He wasn't married to Patsy. Once he married Patsy, first they had Burke, and then they had John Bonet. The real crime is naming him Burke. That's what I think. Yeah, that's a rough name. That could be the entire kickoff of this whole thing. He probably got bullied as fuck at school and then like took it out, like got rid of the... John, John, is John Bonet a woman? I don't know. I grew up overseas. Is Yes. Yeah, John Bonet's okay, a girl. John, yeah. yeah, so the girl, he did it. What? Yeah, she would have been a woman, but her name would have been Katy Perry. <laughs> and right. so we just started with that shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys know this, but the Illuminati actually took John Bonet Ramsey from the Ramseys Put her into an incubation chamber for 20 years and then brought her back as Katy Perry. And the same incubation chamber is where they made the finest fucking croissants. Because as we know, John Bonet is a French name. And that's where croissants came from. I, got a different, I feel like John Bonet Ramsey was reincarnated as Gordon Ramsey. That's why he's pissed the fuck off all the time. He died in his past life. <laughs> and so, he makes croissants, so net net. Does he really? Yeah, he's a... He's a three-star Michelin chef with a good heart. For yeah. croissants? I'm out of beer. Listen, guys, if you want to learn how to make scrambled eggs the right hey. way. Hey. Sorry. Whoa. Give it up for Jared, everybody. Thanks for switching our beer up. Thank you, Jared. Golden. Uh, 
give I got me the weaker apple cider, IPA. dog. Give me the, yeah, man. Can you uh, IPA well, me? Yeah, no, I'm just fucking around. Give me something <laughs> strong as fuck. Yeah. No, you guys heard Death Metal you Dicks. He ordered an apple cider up here. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking We're poser. So grim. Yeah, he's yeah, been man. listening not, to MXPX hey, all day. Hey, listen, my fucking pee is the strongest thing you've ever drank before. So, you know, <laughs> if you decide, hey, I really want to get ripped to get a DWI, you fucking drink this pee. <laughs> That's how I got on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I know the brewery doesn't like this because of the competition, but we're doing tastings out back afterwards. <laughs> so here's the deal. John Ramsey finally shows back up, kicks police out of the house. He's in a bad mood. And, of course, he is alone in the house when he discovers John Bonet's body. He went down to the wine cellar to collect his thoughts, and then he found his daughter. His thoughts. Thoughts is what he called his murder implements. <laughs> And then he carries the body back upstairs as police come back in the house. And now he sets what I would consider the most important thing in the world just down on the floor. It's like there's a couch, a table, anything. But no, he just sets the body on the floor, begins to fake cry in front of police. And uh, John Bonet was found in their wine cellar. A window was broken in another basement room. And the Ramseys aren't responsible for anything at this point. They're already running the police around, and they refuse to help out with the investigation. They just act like they're forlorn and don't want to work with the police. They forlorn, think, yeah, wow. Forlorn, yeah. That's, I got wait. that word from Santown like All three right. days ago. Who's, yeah, <laughs> who is putting on airs? How is she involved? Who, wait, what does forlorn mean? Is uh, despondent? Some black metal band. What the band. fuck does despondent So despondent. <laughs> Sad, yeah. This is the first time I've met white people that know English better than I do. Thank you, sir. <laughs> like, you guys picked it up. Fuck you guys. You, you picked it up. You grew, oh, you grew up over here. I had to learn that shit to get in. Forlorn means despondent, which yeah. means... You could have just said sad. That's on the citizenship You know test, what I... Dude. Right now, after learning all that, I'm pretty despondent. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Raj is the first person to have his forehead in the back, and he's actually an alien, so we just fucking said whatever. I'm a legal alien, though. <laughs> so uh, going back to the old uh, Hell yeah, Raj. <laughs> My man, Raj Resh. <laughs> so the Ramsey's completely shut down and refused to help police. Now, another interesting thing about the CBS documentary I was talking about, they brought in the top crime analysis in the whole world. So the number one forensic pathologist of all time is like a 90-year-old German, which to me is pretty sketchy. Yep, yep. But I do have a feeling he's comfortable being around bodies, you know what I mean? So John he... Bonet, where are the teeth? <laughs> <laughs> They're inside of a dolphin. <laughs> so they actually, the Boulder police hired this guy through the FBI in the original investigation. They paid him a ton of money, and it was a huge deal to have him on the case. In fact, when the Boulder police commissioned him, CNN ran a 30-minute special on this guy's storied career because everyone was sure that they were finally going to get some answers. So this guy comes to Boulder. He gets to the house with police, with the FBI, and the Ramseys say, well, the police and FBI can come in, but he can't. So you don't want to find out what happened to your kid? And they're like, no, we're just in a hard place. All right, well, but the FBI can come in, but the person that has solved more crimes through looking at injuries, through looking at what took place in the house, you can't let him in your house. And they refuse to. 
He spent 10 days in Boulder trying to get everyone that could talk to the Ramses to convince them. And so the police department started bringing in all the Ramses friends. Everyone in their circle was brought in by police. Police didn't ask him any questions. They just said, can you guys please just convince them to let this guy into the house? He's going to help them so much. And the friends go over. And what the Ramses come up with after that is a policy with their friends. They sent out a fucking newsletter through the mail that says, if you're friends with us, you guys cannot talk to police. You guys cannot talk to reporters. If you choose to speak to police or reporters, you're completely cut off from our family. You have to respect us during this tough time. And what the Ramses are going under is the guise of there's somebody out there with their child to start with. But the police find out that the body is there a day later. And they're still trying to run the same scam like, oh, we got to work with these kidnappers. It makes zero sense. And somehow, while this is going on, the police are still going in and out of the house When the body came up with the dad, most police would tell him to stop right there. Let's not touch the body anymore. Let's go through the crime scene. They uncovered a body, which was covered in a blanket. They just take the blanket and throw it down the stairs she came from. The cops. Her hands are bound, and they found a garrote downstairs. Someone grabs the garrote. And the garrote, what a garrote is, is like a, a makeshift device to get behind someone and strangle them. So if you had like a rope or a wire... You would use something hard that you could grip onto and then pull the rope or wire. And this, so, the garage they found was a nylon cord from the blinds in the house. Yep. Are, are you two married? This is an odd segue. Oh, okay. okay. So right, okay. let's go here. Wrong time to have a hot talk session. <laughs> you guys are fucking whispering each other's ear and shit. I see it. Uh, okay. Whatever. She's a know. messenger. It could be polyamorous. We don't know. We're just asking questions about. What were you going to say? Go ahead. I'm ready. Yeah, well, of like, course not, because if you guys are all three fucking, that's not that's good. That's what I said. I called it polyamorous. <laughs> yeah. it? Wait, so, so for everyone listening to our podcast, there's a couple in front, and there's a lady in between them. So now the entire internet knows. Wait, hold on. There's a guy wearing penny loafers having sex with two women. It's unbelievable. And they have great teeth. I don't know, man. Thank yeah, everyone's God. good looking up here. Hey, <laughs> listen, oral hygiene is a top-notch secret in oral sex, and I'm glad you guys are fucking... <laughs> also, for anybody listening, there was a show beforehand, and Sam pointed out that a gentleman in the front row had a giant dick. Yeah, yeah uh, for sure. As evidenced by the two women that he's going home yeah. with. <laughs> Big old nasty hog leg on this guy. All I right. gotta throw it, but I can't get it out. How do I do that? I talked to the guy in the front row with the big dick. <laughs> All right, so we got the uh, police involved. And so, you know, how deaths work is uh, police come, they gather the evidence, and then the body has to be taken for autopsy. The autopsy takes a few days. Now, the coroner pretty much figures out right away what happened, but they take the urine and blood and they process it to see if there's any drugs in the system or anything abnormal. So after a week, what comes back is that the official cause of death is a blow to the head. And again, when they found the body, they've got the garrote next to him. She's got strangulation marks on her throat, and she had her hands tied behind her back. Now, in the official coroner report, it says that the hands were moved behind the body after rigor mortis. Now, rigor mortis sets in about two hours after the body has died. So, at some point, 
the body, the soul, the, you know, the life from the body is gone. The body is still there. And then somebody had finagled the hands behind the body and tied them up with a rope from the blinds in the house. Did you say soul? Yeah, the soul is gone and rigor is here. The mortis, the body up. That's what. Now to get real grim. Those um, are mortician lyrics. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So look, um, I've actually experienced a hanging body that's been around for a while. More than two hours, maybe. And Here's a fun story, yeah. everyone. And, and, I, and, and I'm not Can I get ready, ready for a laugh. Here Just we go, buddy, and his found a body story. Leaving. You guys Thank go ahead God. and choke that shit down. But this God, is this is happening at a brewery. And so what happens is, is uh, the legs wouldn't move, and so it takes a lot of work to maybe do that. I've never tried to move a leg or anything, but arms, arms, anyways. You ain't got time behind the back, so you're. Yeah, it sounds like a bag of chips getting cracked open for the first time. And you're in for a fucking rough day. So look, you're tying hands behind your uh, behind a body. You've uh, you've tried to open these chips, but they've been choked beforehand. It's and then and but even before that, they they've had uh, a flashlight or whatever the fuck hit it beforehand. So yeah, um, hot pockets. <laughs> Great riff. All right, so the uh, <laughs> so the uh, police come in. They take all the pictures now. CBS, again, they hired the guy for Mindhunter. They brought back the guy that was hired by the city of Boulder, who is the leading forensic pathologist. They put him all in a round table, and they recreated the crime scene. Now, before they recreated the crime scene, uh, the guy that was the original forensic pathologist, since he couldn't get in the house, he made police go by and take pictures of the in every single square foot of the house. Now, because of those pictures, this guy analyzed every single thing that he saw that could have been a potential murder weapon because again what we're looking for for the cause of death is a blow to the head there's a fracture to the skull and there's an indentation that caused a fracture in the skull so what the forensic pathologist found in the pictures was one of those giant mag lights that police used to carry before there was led lights you know the big metal ones and that was one of the things that he analyzed what the deaths could have come from And when he took that, what the uh, crime lab does is they make a model of a skull. They use uh, refabrication material that makes a skull. It's the same density, the same type of feeling to it. And then they cover it in skin and they cover it in hair. I hate to interrupt, man, but there's a couple people that left and they were like, hey, man. This reminds me too much of sex trafficking, which I'm involved in. And, I, you know, but like, se- like, hey, I've been dating Wait, wait, wait. What months. do you mean you're involved in sex trafficking? <laughs> hey, I think he was speaking for that group. Yeah. He had a watch on on his, on his hand. He had a lot of fucking Paul Mitchell hair, hair gel. Oh, yeah. Yep. So he was like, which hey, of course listen, means we got to get out of here. This is too much. But what I'm about no, to do to you right now is, woo! Listen, you ready for this shit? That, no, he's not weirded out. He was weirded out because he's ethnically ambiguous. And this is a very strange... Podcast. Which is a familiar <laughs> scenario for Raj Suresh, all right? <laughs> also, he left his five-hour energy bottle of cocaine behind. Yeah, he was like, I'm too jacked up for this shit. This is fucking crazy. I'm getting paranoid. What the FBI is here? We've been fucking wiring in on these guys for a while. All right, so what the forensic... <laughs> <laughs> for everyone listening at home, you didn't see Chris hit Buddy in the arm to shut him up. Yeah, I mean, this is basically our entire podcast format. I spent hours researching a crime... And then this moron comes and yells over it. <laughs> boner, 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 shut up! <laughs> so uh, the guy turns all this evidence over to the stupid Boulder Police Department, and they decide that, well, it couldn't have been the flashlight because there would have been a ton of blood. 
Well, they did this test where they took the skull, they covered it in skin, they put fluid underneath it, and what happens is because of the blunt force, now your skull is thick, and the skin on your scalp is, like, if you squeeze your scalp right now, you can feel it wrinkle up, because there's a lot of give to your scalp. Feels like a pug's butt. Yeah. Mine feels like like a a chow chow. chow. Or a Gucci purse. So when the skull is struck, it would take an amount of force that a human being could not do to split the skin. And so what, the, what they did on CBS, and this is insane to me, they took a mannequin, put the skull over it, put the skin over it, and then they made some poor 10-year-old kid come in and smack it with a mag light. What do you mean poor 10-year-old kid? That guy got into SAG off that roll. Yeah, he's got TV credits now. He's going to be coming into the uh, Bentonville Brewing Company <laughs> soon, I'm sure. Yeah. You may have seen this guy on CBS. That's why we don't do shows at the Bentonville Brewing Company. We throw here a bike rack. This is not 10-year-old smacking fake skulls with hammers. He's all mentally handicapped, but he's, like, good as fuck at powerlifting and shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> essentially what we're dealing with is getting to the, the very bottom of this case. There's no suspects. Like, the fact that the note was totally plagiarized from Speed and Dirty Harry is damning. You know, there's, there's no leads to follow. There's no foreign faction. That's all been narrowed out. But basically, the local police entirely give up on chasing down anything because John Bonet, the father, pulls so much weight, they don't want to even look into it more. So again, afterwards, all these different people have investigated. The most reputable channel was CBS, and now we're at the point where the 10-year-old kid has smacked the skull with a mag light. Now, the mag light fits perfectly. This separate skull is the exact same energy, an injury. It's a rectangle and then a fracture to the skull. And then even more interesting, after the autopsy, one of the things that the police did is they asked the parents, what time did Jean Bonnet go to bed? They told them 8 o'clock. They said, what did Jean Bonnet eat before she went to bed? The parents said nothing. We came back from a dinner party. We had dinner about 5 o'clock. So Way there should be feed your daughter nothing before yeah. bedtime. Well, she is a beauty queen. There's her high standards. <laughs> She's trying to win, right? Yeah, but look, Honey Boo Boo's She's a beauty a queen, and she eats well. <laughs> so the police found in her stomach with the autopsy that there was pineapples and milk, and it turns out every single night before bed, this psychopath Burke eats pineapples in a bowl of milk. Guilty. Yeah. First of all. If you're eating that, you've murdered. Oh, yeah. And you'll murder again. It's basically an application for a cop. (laughs) Beat the hell out of you with a flashlight. You stole some donuts? You're homeless? Fuck you, man. I'm going to fuck you up with a flashlight. And so then with that evidence, the cops bring a nine-year-old Burke in to talk to a psychologist to see how he's doing, what he might know. And the psychologist asks him pretty ambiguous questions like, hey, what do you think happened to your sister? Now, at this point, she's been... The autopsy hasn't come out. It's been five days. So only the coroner knows what happened to the body. Everyone else, when they found the body, thinks it's strangulation because of the garrote, right? Burke says to the psychologist, well, I think someone hit her in the head real hard with like a knife or a sword or something. And then the coroner asks Burke if, she's ever, if he's ever had any problems with his sister. Sorry, the psychologist, not the coroner. The psychologist asked Burke if he's ever had any problems with his sister. He says, yeah. They asked what? And he, she, he said, one time, my mom made pineapples and milk for me, and I came downstairs, and she was eating my pineapples and milk, so I went and got my dad's golf club and smacked her upside the head with it. 
Tiger fucking Woods, except white. <laughs> you guys remember that from Full House? Right. <laughs> Everybody else fucking goes, hey, uh, we got to get out of here. This is bullshit. <laughs> and so they, the, the evidence is stacking up against Burke, you know what I mean? Here, to me, is the essential problem as a parent. Now, these people are loaded. They've got an unlimited amount of money. Both the kids are in the house. The mom is on Xanax, and she drinks every single day. The dad is always gone. So there's no one watching over these two kids. So they basically have the keys to the castle, and they're just running amok all the time. And this kid is torturing John Bonet. She gets all the attention. You know what I'm saying? She's doing beauty pageants. Her mom did beauty pageants. That's where all the focus goes, because the dad's not around. He's too busy having sex with the fat cats, you know? And mom so mom did beauty sorry, <laughs> mom did beauty pageants all the time. And now she's doing Xanax instead. Yeah, the pool, yeah. Mom the fucking was, pool uh, guy's raising her. He's like, oh, I've been cleaning this pool. I got extra time. Hey. <laughs> this why it's better to be a stand-up comedian at a brewery in Arkansas than Miss Arkansas State Fair. Yep. Does anyone have any Xanax? <laughs> <laughs> Don't solicit. I've got Arkansas a six-hour flight tomorrow. That guy's so. laughed so hard when we said Xanax twice, so I guarantee he's holding. <laughs> like, fuck, I, I love pasta, and I make good corn dogs. I love Xanax. <laughs> so the last piece of evidence I'm going to give you is that Wait, more evidence? Yeah, this is the last one, buddy. Uh, My God. December 24th, John Bonet, Burke, and the mom are recording a Christmas video to send out to all their friends, much like the shit they sent to their friends and said, don't talk to cops, you fruits, or we're going to kill you. While they're doing that, Burke exits the room. When he exits the room, he shits in his hand, yep. Smears it all over Jean Bonnet's room and Christmas presents. That was his thing. He used to poop in his hand and wipe it all over Jean Bonnet's shit. That's Kentucky graffiti. <laughs> Some part of me is like four stand-up comedians in Arkansas are not going to crack the case that the Boulder Police Department failed on. Oh, we are. I'm going to tell you right now. I mean, you just got to get to the bottom of it. Now... There's so many different theories as to what happened. There's the fat cats that were mentioned in the letter. Now, the fat cats are an offshoot of the Illuminati. They're a rich group of businesses that deals with other foreign enterprises and recruits millions of dollars to have inside of this pedophile ring, which is a great reason to have these beautiful pageant kids raised by members of the fat cats. And supposedly, I'm from near Columbine, where that happened. I'm born and raised in Colorado. Uh, the Fat Cats were based in Littleton, Colorado. That was their home base. So when Columbine happened, they said that there was a th- conspiracy theory that they, those kids did that. Uh, it was all fake. Uh, Klebold and Harris didn't do it. In fact, it was the Fat Kids, the Fat Cats, so they could cover up. Well, we <laughs> saw the Fat Kids, Klebold and Harris. If you, Fat Kids are committing crimes, we're all fucked up yeah, here, right? Hey, <laughs> hey, listen. When I was in study hall, I got I, every time I saw fucking little skinny fucker would fart, they go, "He did it." What the fuck are you talking? Indian people are worse than anybody else. (laughs) Every time I'm in an airport, white dudes will fart, and everybody looks at me like it's my fucking fault. Yeah, dude, you look like her. I've been to an Indian buffet. All right, I fed you Indian food. I know. I understand. You are. That's your vulnerability. It's your kryptonite. They're like, oh man, it's paprika. Indian food is white people's kryptonite. Fucking listen, man. We all got blamed for farts. You didn't get blamed for farts. Let's not lie about. No, I got blamed for all the farts. That's why I'm immune to it. (laughs) <laughs> all right whatever man. so you know <laughs> fight if we choose to take 
the less popular path away from the Illuminati. You got Burke, who smacked this beautiful child with a golf club over pineapples and milk before. You got Burke shitting in his hand and smeared all over his stuff. You got Burke having a bowl cut. Guilty. He looks like Ryder Strong in Boy Meets World. It's Junior from Problem Child. And then we got the evidence that a 10-year-old kid could definitely split a skull in half by just smacking a mannequin. And somehow, some way, the Boulder police decided that having this guy's pool on the town was more important than investigating them. I mean, what happened is Burke killed John Bonet. Now, he's suing CBS for alluding to the fact that he may have done it. Well, I'm going to go all in and say, for sure, Burke killed John Bonet. I'm Burke not going to be part of this litigation, just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then, myself now. what's the most disgusting part is that the parents instantly covered it up. I mean, it, the, when they found the body... The body had been dead for what they assumed was 10 hours, and they found it at 1 p.m. So that means she passed away between 1.30 and 2 in the morning. Right so, around pineapple and milk time. Yeah. <laughs> damn it. So don't all pineapples and milk. This is an awful combination. It's very acidic. Now, the only way that I can rationalize this is the empathy that you've just lost your second of three kids. Yeah. And you're like, well, I fucked this up enough. Let's not lose bowl cut over here. Yeah. We can't let the good son get away. <laughs> Pineapple milk is fucking cookie crisp for retards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and now we're the number two death metal podcast on iTunes. <laughs> Dude, you you're the number one <laughs> Holocaust denying podcast there is. With each sentence in the last 20 minutes, I've gotten steadily more nervous because the meta tags on this podcast are going to be like murder, killing, John Benny Ramsey, Rod Suresh. Like, whoa. That's, I'm not. Don't, Don't worry, worry you we're not worry you about, dude. This guy's talking about fucking Illuminati. Do you know how long my life I felt the same things he's felt and just never said that shit in public? That's why Jay Z does it with lyrics. Like he just hides it. Also, uh, Buddy's up here looking at violent pornography on his phone. <laughs> how do you draw blood with a dick? <laughs> And uh, I wouldn't worry, Raj. We know you're not going to boost our podcast numbers, so we won't tag you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not big in the death metal community. I'm, I'm huge in the like the metal manufacturing community, though. <laughs> nice, Raj. I mean, to be fair, I love your food. <laughs> but yeah, it, here, here's what I predict for the future. Okay, here's here's my prediction. And you, if I'm right, you guys, we're going to meet back here three years from now and do it all over again, but nude. <laughs> Dump them out. So, like I said, <laughs> my balls look like a horse pussy. So, <laughs> <laughs> Burke is suing CBS for $150 million. That is going through right now. Now, what he's saying is it's libel and defamation of character that they brought him into it and made him look like he could have possibly killed him, even though they were afraid to say that he definitely did it. Now, that's going to go to trial. This has happened before, where when that goes to trial, the defendant brings forward all the facts and explains why they said that this happened. And the prosecuting attorney of that region is there to take in those facts and then decides to go ahead and press charges on the clearly guilty party. So my guess is that once the trial takes place, 
it, either you're going to have to one drop it or two go to trial over it, and then he's going to go down. That's going to be it. The prosecuting attorney is going to go, all right, Pineapple Boy's got to go to prison for forever. His parents have got to go to prison for covering the whole thing up, and we're finally going to have some justice out here. You know what I mean? But hey, the good news is the mom died of ovarian cancer. Yeah, that rules. So. Okay. Yep. That's well, the crowd well, to clap I don't know. for. It. Is that, does that make us evil to clap for a woman dying of ovarian? No. Nah. It well, was all women that clapped. Yeah. They are, yeah. They get it. They, they weren't were, even using their hands. They were just shutting their knees real hard. <laughs> <laughs> How do I scissor a dead pussy, a person's pussy? Oh man, cracking about a cold one's a great time. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh oh. All right, guys. Well. We've reached the end, and if you're unfamiliar with Death Metal Dicks, that's short for Death Metal Detective. So, look, we got to the bottom of this crime, yep. and then what we like to do is compare the crime with some of our favorite Death Metal lyrics. Hell yeah. So tonight, Buddy, who you guys now know as Retarded, <laughs> is going to do his best attempt at reading some lyrics from the band Demolition Hammer for the song, Skull Fracture Night. <laughs> Shackles and chains and bloody meat. Walls of stone and tomb. Torture. Chamber. Victim's punishment. Savage execution. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> Savage execution. Branding. Iron. Enga- en- <laughs> Engraving your flesh. A searing, horrid crime. Mangles incinerate. Prongs impale your eyes. Endure the Iron Maiden. Insidious device. Avoiding vital organs, coffin laced with spikes, gruesome tools of torture, strategically applied, prolonging mutilation, condemned and necrotized. <laughs> I know what you guys are thinking. Like, I like hey. how we missed five regular words but nailed necrotized. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen his lower back tattoo. That's what it says. <laughs> Not only that, you're like, hey, five regular words, but five regular guys that do drywall, and they, they fucking play this shit. Okay, so... <laughs> Touring the screw, increasing the force, cranial compression, pressure and skullcap crushing teeth, cerebral explosion, sentenced to death of agony, shattered broken bones, lifeless limbs are threaded through... He just gave up. That's good enough, you guys. You get the idea. Hey, thank you guys for hanging out. Thank Every time guys. we do this podcast, I like to remind everybody that God and Satan are the same. They're inside of your body. And that means you can achieve anything you want to as long as you're willing to work hard at it. Thank you guys so much for coming out. Hail yeah. Satan. Hail Satan. We're hanging out. Hail Satan. Hey, if you guys want some stickers, come see me. I'll give you... Oh, yeah, we got stickers out back. Come hey, also, Chris is going to be back with Mark Whoa. Johnson, hopefully, Feb 22nd. We've also got a show, Feb 8th. So come on out, and uh, those shows are free, so... Come on down. Thank you guys, Bike Rack, for being here. I really appreciate it. One more time for Buddy Lloyd, Chris Pierce, Mark Johnson, Trey Moore, and Sam Talent, everybody.